Welcome to our 61st episode of Two Tankers in a Cat podcast. We're your host, I'm Charlie. And this is Russell. We had a episode, but we have gotten quite a few emails and messages and comments and stuff uh, about the stuff that happened or that's going on in China, in India, in the roof of the world, up on the Silk Road. And uh, we actually had uh, Tasman, one of our, uh, <clears throat> I guess you would call him one of our uh, fact checkers. <laughs> and, and we appreciate it. We do. We do. Um, uh, I think a couple of months back, he's like, hey, you know, the, the uh, during that war, the Centurions weren't using 20-pounders or, or 107s. They were using the 20-pounders. Yeah. So we appreciate it. We do. We we don't. You, we want you to know if you do comment, we do look at it, and we usually, usually try to prove you wrong. But yeah, Tasman was correct, so we'll give him that one. <laughs> and uh, he pointed out that it was uh, not the Spice Road, but the Silk Road. Silk. Yeah. So, but you know. Hey, we're learning just like everybody else. So. Oh, there's just so much. And thanks to for pointing it out. Hey, yeah, that's great, man. But. Like I said, it, it makes people crack oh, a book. darn right. You know, and yeah. they're like, well, I don't think that's right. And they go yeah. back and they read it. And we don't claim to know it all, I promise. We don't. So we're going to change our episode. Uh, we got pointed out there, India has a main battle tank called the Arjun. And they're like, no, this is also deployed up there. And while we were doing this episode, Russ actually contacted me and he goes, hey, did you read the New York Times uh, and I'm like no he sent me the article and apparently they've gotten in another big fight uh, India lost 20 guys and the Chinese of course said uh, no we it's fake news yeah. we, we heard nothing but we'll get more into that oh yeah we will but uh, I guess we're going to talk about the origin we were we had an episode we'll catch back up on that and uh, our next broadcast and get back on it Unless something major happens. Yeah. I, I think we are the only ones basically reporting on this now. There is a lot of conflicting inf information. China says, nope, nope, never, never happened. And then some Chinese uh, generals slipped up and they're like, well, yeah, we, we did, we could get in a fight, but we need India to calm down. <laughs> and I'm like, Literally, you have to fly somewhere and go knock on doors yeah. in in the that part of the country. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't even say that part of the world. You know, we we have to fact check everything here. You know, uh, something our news channel says we got to go check international news. Oh, I know. You know, the big news at the beginning of the year that I don't think we talked about is the, what they call the, you know, the right-wing militia that took over the Capitol yeah, and yeah. threatened the United States. That. Uh, All I'm going to say is be careful where you get your news. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the huge things going on right now in, in our country. And yeah. Uh, but just be careful where you get your news. Fact check. Yeah. You know, we, over 2020, 
have had riots in Seattle where they've uh, taken over police stations and burned them down. And, and, and if you say, say left wing, yeah. you know, radicals or something, they're like, no, 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 they're, they're just protesters yeah. and they're being calm. <laughs> and, and then, you know, our guys, you know, did yeah. go in there, but yeah. not a lot of damage, nothing set on fire. Yeah. And, and they you still got the left wing that's still setting fires even after the election. Yeah. And you don't hear much about that anymore, but and uh there's a reason for all that, but we won't the, get into yeah. the political part of it. You you gotta dig, people. Uh, you gotta dig. Maybe yeah. we need to start a new podcast for that. They'd probably shut us down pretty quick. Oh, soon. they'd shut us down <laughs> pretty quick. But we don't want to get shut down, shut down, so we're gonna get back on track here. Yeah. Oh, Good news. I heard we're on Audible now. I, yeah. Got I thought email. Audible's only did books. Yeah. They must be starting to do podcasts. We'll have to look into that. I I was not aware that Audible was starting to put out podcasts on their platform. So if, if you have an Audible account and you find us, throw us a link. Heck send yeah. us a link so we can go look at it. Yeah, we'll take a look at it. Tony Rouse? We got his coin back. We did. Um, I'll have to get a hold of him, I guess, to get a make sure the address that I got from him on Patreon is correct. I'm not sure what happened. Well, let's blame his wife. Uh, yeah. She's very understanding. Yeah. I bet she's the one that put the address yeah. in Patreon. So we'll go ahead and blame her. <laughs> <laughs> man, she's going to beat oh, us to death. Oh, she'll hate us to death, man. All right. Well, like I said, Russ and I had another episode ready for today. But uh, world events have happened, and China and India have clashed again. So we're going to talk about another Indian tank that's going to be used, or is currently in deployment. It could be a vital asset in the conflict, if the conflict gets bigger. Russ, tell us about the Arjun. The Arjun is a third-generation main battle tank developed by India's Defense Research and Development Organization, or the DRDO, for the Indian Army. The tank is named after Arjun, the Archer Prince, who is the main protagonist of the Indian epic Maha... It's Mahabharata. And, and I haven't even had time to look this up. You yeah. know, we've talked about this epic, and we know our Indian listeners are like, this is like our King Arthur story, and you guys uh, keep okay. messing it up. Okay. But it's kind of like this amazing story. You yeah. Know? yeah. And, you know, did you know the Taj Mahal is like a mausoleum? No, I did not. Yeah, it's supposed to be some yeah. kind of like, I thought it was a palace or something. Yeah, no, I've never really checked into a lot of Indian history. I'll have to start reading you know, up on all that. We, we've got to start doing that. Oh, man. But uh, I was talking to a guy, and he says, no, the Taj Mahal's a, you know, it was a palace, uh, but it's yeah. also a mausoleum. Mausoleum, huh. And I'm like, okay, I don't know yeah. if that's true or not, so I'm going to have to get, do some reading. Piqued my interest there to go and look it up. Well, tell us more about the Arjun. The Arjun features a 120 millimeter main rifle gun with indigenously developed armor-piercing, fin-stabilized, discarding sabot ammunition, one PKT 7.62 millimeter coaxial machine gun, and an NSVT 12.7 millimeter machine gun. That's mostly for anti-aircraft. Anti-aircraft gun. Yep. It is powered by a single MTU multi-fuel diesel engine rated at 1,400 horsepower and can achieve a maximum speed of 67 kilometers per hour or 42 miles per hour and a cross-country speed of 40 kilometers per hour or 25 miles per hour. It has a four-man crew 
which consists of a commander, a gunner, a loader, and a driver. It has automatic fire detection and suppression, and NBC protection systems are also included. All-around anti-tank warhead protection by the indigenously developed Kanchen armor is claimed to be much higher than available in comparable third-generation tanks. Now, I have tried to do some study on this uh, Kanchan armor. Can't find anything because most of it's classified. Still classified, yeah. Subsequently, delays and other problems in its development from the 1990s to the 2000s prompted the Indian Army to order T-90S tanks from Russia to meet requirements that the Arjun had been expected to fulfill. Where, where does that sound familiar? I know. So they started developing this tank back, what, in the 70s? Yeah. In the 1990s and 2000s? And uh-huh. They're draining money. Uh, this is starting to sound like a terrible tank. Yeah. Why don't you give us some more details? In March 2010... The Arjun was pitted against the T-90 in comparative trials for assessing its maneuverability, and it performed well. On August 9, 2010, the Army showed interest to place an order for the 124 Arjun MK-2 tanks in addition to 124 Mark I Arjuns ordered earlier. However, in 2012 and 2016, the Indian Army had chosen instead to order 464 new T-90 MS tanks for eight tank regiments, increasing the total number of T-90s in Indian service to over 2,000 and undermining further procurement of the origin. Why, where does that sound familiar? Man. Did the India government start to build the Sheridan? I, sounds like it, but the origin probably wasn't made of wood. aluminum and wood. I, I don't know. I can't find anything about their <laughs> yeah. armor. Yeah, that's true. The Arjun entered service with the Indian Army in 2004. The tanks were first inducted into the 43rd Armored Regiment, Indian Army Armored Corps, while the latest induction has been into the 75th Armored Regiment on March 12th, 2011. Okay, so India has has had a gut feeling that they were going to have problems with China and Pakistan. They couldn't get the... Uh, Arjun fast enough, basically. So they had to go and buy, you know, 400 or some of these T90s that we've already done. The Bish, yeah, Bisham or the Bishma, yeah, Bishma. I'm not starting to like this tank at all, Russ. Oh, man. The DRDO, with its combat vehicles research and development establishment as the main laboratory, was tasked to develop the whole armor, turret, running gear, and gun for the tank with the power pack being imported. Okay. I, I don't have a problem with them importing like power packs and optics and stuff like that. Cause I, I'm a big fan of uh, the French optics that they have now. Yeah. If you guys haven't researched yeah. the French are, are coming out with some really yeah. outstanding optics. And if they've got the money, why reinvent the wheel? I mean, Uh-oh. if there's something out there that's working. Right. You know, you do with what sure. you got, you know, instead of sitting down and saying, okay, we want to develop this on our own. And then you look over and see the French design is far superior oh, yeah. than what you, you're even capable of producing. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And, and the power packs and stuff like that. I know German Germany has some really good power packs that are going. Although the development of the tank began in 1972 by the Combat Vehicles Research and Development Establishment. 
It was only in 1996 that the Indian government decided to mass produce the tank at Indian Ordnance Factory's production facility in Avadi. When first accepted for service in the Army, the Arjun relied heavily on foreign components and technology. Initially, close to 50% of the tank's components were imported, which included the engine, transmission, gun barrel, tracks, and fire control system. However, several of these have since been replaced by indigenous systems or are being supplied by Indian companies. Recent comments from Army sources indicate that the Russian T-90S will form the mainstay of its future force, despite that tank's performance issues in hot weather. You're getting 50% of your tank built other places. And then you go back and say, nah, we're going to use our own stuff. And now you're having a problem. And also you got to be careful with that if you ever cut ties with the places you're exactly. getting those components. So. Right. The Arjun project experienced serious budget overruns and repeated delays that resulted in a development time of over 37 years. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a lot like some of the tanks that the United States dumped money into. A complicating factor was that advances in technology and the threat environment in the intervening years led to multiple revisions of requirements by the Army. While the government sanctioned $52.4 U.S. million in 2019 for the initial design in May of 1974, by 1995, the Development Research Department had spent $201.7 million U.S. dollars in 2019 on development due to changing requirements and inflationary cost increases. Ah, see, now this is starting to sound familiar. A design that starts to suck cash and is probably a complete waste of everybody's time. So the army says, okay, we have $52 million. We want a main battle tank that's built here. And this is what, 1974? Then in 2019, they've already spent $201 million. That's three times the increase. That It's starting to sound Incredible, re- really yeah. familiar to some of our uh, fine armored vehicles. The Indian Army ordered 124 Argent in 2010, expected to cost $471.2 U.S. million dollars. Early development versions of the Argent were held by 43 Armored Regiment, which were shown in display in the Republic Day Parade of 2001. The first batch of 16 production version Argent tanks were received in 2004, and they were provided as a squadron to the 43 Armored Regiment. The regiment was later made up to 45 tanks on May 25, 2009, making it the first Argent Regiment of the Indian Army. More than 100 tanks have been delivered to the Indian Army as of June 2011. The latest regiment to be completely equipped by the Argent Tank is 75 Armored Regiment, which was the last regiment in the Indian Army to hold the T-55 tank. So they had the old T-55s, and uh, they're like, man, we've got to get these out, we got to get these out. They're like, okay, um, let's put the Argents in. Yeah, and it probably was a pretty big upgrade from the T-55 at the time. Okay. Yeah. Ministry of Defense concluded the negotiations with Ordnance Factory Board for 118 units of Argent MK-1A for Indian Army Armored Corps at an estimated amount of 888.7 million U.S. dollars. Holy, it keeps going up, doesn't it? Yeah. 
with order of intent likely to be placed at any moment that will also include two-year engineering and support package with maintenance, spares, and simulator training for the crew members. Delivery of first Arjun MK1As will start 30 months after signing of contract with all 118 units to be delivered within four to five years. Sounds more and more like a fail tank to me. <laughs> oh, uh, we're going to have to, you know, get a contract with you that you'll come and fix it because uh, um, we're a little worried about it. Where the military says, you know what, we're not fixing these things. You're going to get the company that makes it to fix it. Wow. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you have any problems, uh, give us a call. We'll be right on it. Because mm. we all have dealt with Indian tech support, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I better stop oh, there. Oh, yeah. I better stop yeah. there. Go ahead, yeah. Russ. The extensive mobility and armament trials were found to perform below the acceptable standards and deficiencies were listed in the following areas. The accuracy of the gun at battle ranges, mission reliability, ammunition lethality, containerization of ammunition bin, emergency traverse, the fire control system unable to function in temperatures above 42 degrees or 108 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Wow. That's quite a so, list. So the Army gets these, and, and they do a comparison test about the T-90. They're like, okay, the accuracy of the gun at battle ranges. They're like, well, at, at 50 feet, it's accurate. Oh, sure. Well, we're talking about two miles out. Oh, well. <laughs> Probably not going to be great. Mission reliability, because <laughs> that means it's breaking down. Yep. Ammunition, <laughs> if your ammunition won't kill the tank and you can't hit the tank, that's probably a problem. That's the point of having it on the battlefield. And you're having problems with the ammunition bin? That means the ammo is falling out? Probably not. <sighs> Emergency traverse. So if you got to turn it real quick and the track pops, uh, fire control. Fire control is great. But if an actual fire pops out at 108 degrees, it's not going to work. Incredible. <laughs> I'm laughing. I know. But the United States has a few oh, yeah. fine examples. Oh, yeah. The Arjun faced persistent problems of overheating, and that tank's main subsystems, the fire control system, the suspension system, integrated gunner's main sight, which includes a thermal imager and laser rangefinder, Rendered erratic and useless by the abnormally high peak internal temperature of beyond 55 degrees Celsius in India. However, Major General H.M. Singh, a director in charge of trial and evaluation, said the user field trial report had certified the accuracy and consistency of the weapon system. So they have uh, one of these generals and they're like, oh, oh no, uh, um, the tank's fine, tank's fine. But Charlie, the Indian Army Armored Corps had cleared the upgraded Arjun MK1A after successful completion of final integration tests conducted in 2019. It comes with 72 improvements over Arjun MK1 with 14 major upgrades. Arjun MK1A is ready to undergo mass production at Heavy Vehicle Factory and is waiting for orders from the Indian Army. 
Oh, okay. You know, as Russ pointed oh, out, yeah. they've done 72 improvements and 14 major upgrades. Uh, uh, again. Already? Uh, already. <laughs> okay. So this is a big pile of taxpayer <laughs> crap, and they're trying to tie pretty bows on it. Like my daddy always used to say, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. Yes, it is. Now, now, Charlie, let me tell you this. The Argent Mark II is an advanced third-generation tank. Its development was completed in two years, owing to experience gained from developing the first version. It has outclassed the T-90 during comparative trials. Regarding the trials, a Ministry of Defense press release reported, after many years of trial and tribulation, it has now proved its worth by its superb performance under various circumstances such as driving cross-country over rugged sand dunes, detecting, observing, and quickly engaging targets, accurately hitting targets, both stationary and moving, with pinpointed accuracy. Its superior firepower is based on accurate and quick target acquisition capability during day and night in all types of weather and the shortest possible reaction time during combat engagement. The fire control system of the new tank has hit probabilities over 90% when firing on the move. The new tank has also improved communication systems and new navigation systems. Argent Mark IIs has a total of 93 upgrades, including 13 major improvements. They started out with the Mark I, and they got up to this Mark II, and now it's a third generation. I stand by what I think. Uh, spend the money on the T-90 uh, Bisham. Bishma. Bishma tanks. And junk the Arjun. Um, the Arjun was supposed to be a wonderful new weapon. However, it ended up being poorly made, over budget, and greatly delayed. But okay. Money uh, pit. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you were saying that this third generation is a lot better. Give me the third generations. And any new tank development's going to take time to work out the kinks especially if they're making their own from scratch well, i guess you'd say you know but i mean uh, it, it's still a money pit they're still sinking I, I can agree with you a little bit like the m4 sherman when yeah, it first came out yeah they upgraded there was it. a lot of variations, a lot variations of variation. of that, yeah. you know they came up with the 17 pounder and sure. the firefly variant yeah. um they Had came issues up with, with the ammo stowage. I mean, yeah, all that. Stowage. Yeah, ammo racked all the time. Yeah. And uh, the you know the Sherman yeah. uh, Easy Eight, uh, the Jumbo and stuff like that. But again, yeah, you're, 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 yeah, I know, I you, know. They're making improvements, not yeah. fixing yeah. things that are broke. Exactly. So, okay, I agree. Yeah. You know, let's let, give me the stats on the gen, third generation. Okay. And at the end, I'll, I'll make a decision. Okay. The unit cost is approximately 5.2 million U.S. dollars. Uh, okay. Produced between 2004 and present. And about 242 have been built so far. So the MK1s and the MKs have been upgraded. Yeah. To what this third generation the Mark III, is. Yeah. Okay. The Mark II has a mass of about 64 tons or 63 long tons. And the Mark II measures about 10.64 meters long or 34 feet, 11 inches long. 
It measures about 3.95 meters wide or 13 feet wide. It has a height of about 2.8 meters or 9 foot 2 inches high. Like we talked about earlier, it has a crew of four. The commander, the gunner, loader, and driver. And the armor we had already talked about a little bit has the canchion armor, which is still classified. I've searched for stuff on that, yeah. and it's classified. Yeah. There's nothing on that uh, that I can find. Well, don't search too hard. We don't want you to or hurt myself. We don't want Interpol having to get a hold oh, of you. To I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting people that I'm searching into military, you know, modern equipment. They might say, uh, "Why is this redneck from Kansas?" <laughs> The main armament has one 120-millimeter rifled tank gun capable of firing heat, APF, SDS, and HESH. The rate of fire is about six to eight rounds per minute and holds about, tank has about 39 containerized rounds. Okay. Okay. Secondary armament is the one NSV 12.7-millimeter anti-aircraft gun. They usually carry about 1,000 rounds of it on board and also has one Mag 7.62 millimeter TK 715 coaxial machine gun, and they carry about 3,000 rounds of that on board. And it also has about 12 smoke grenades. The engine is the 1500 horsepower V12 diesel engine, has a power to weight ratio of 27 horsepower per ton in the Mark II, and about 24 horsepower per ton in the Mark I. The transmission um, contains an epicyclic train gearbox. Four forward and two reverse gears. Has a hydro pneumatic suspension. Has a ground clearance of 0.45 meters or 1 foot 6 inches. It's not very high. Nope. Fuel capacity of about 1,610 liters or 430 U.S. gallons of fuel. And the Mark II has an operational range of about 500 kilometers or 310 miles. It has a maximum speed of 80 kilometers per hour or 50 miles per hour on the road. And 60 kilometers per hour or 37 miles per hour cross country. Okay. Uh, in my opinion. Yep. It's a black hole. India may have a serious battle soon. And they can't afford to waste money uh, like our weapon designers do here in the United States. And that brings us to our second point. Now, again, we are getting our information from Indian uh, news sites, uh, the New York Times and stuff like that. Yeah. There's not um, a lot of news to get out of the China, Chinese not. side. Yeah. So we're going to report on a little bit of what we got on January 25th, 2021. Russ, just give us a little bit of... And as far as I know, we're recording this on the 28th. So as far as I know, there hadn't been any other clashes or anything since Right. But this was Monday, a serious clash, yeah. and we need to talk about it. The Indian and Chinese troops clashed last week in an incident that caused deaths on both sides. Indian officials said Monday, underscoring the persistent border tensions between the two nuclear-armed neighbors. India and China share an unofficial frontier that stretches 2,200 miles. Last June, the two countries engaged in their deadliest conflict in more than five decades, a high-altitude brawl in which 20 Indian soldiers were killed, along with an unknown number of Chinese casualties. Indian and Chinese soldiers engaged in a minor face-off on January 20th, in the Nakala area of the state of Sikkim, the Indian Army said in a statement, the situation was resolved by local commanders as per established protocols. Whatever that means. 
<laughs> minor standoff. Okay, I call BS. Yeah. Um, you got 20 men dead for sure, and, and at least that or more on the Chinese side. No. It, it, this is, I got to calm down. <laughs> if the U.S., let's say, let's get something crazy like Spain had a fight like this, you know, where we lost 20 guys and they lost a whole bunch of guys. It would be huge. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. you know, their local commanders say, oh, no, 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 everything's fine. Everything's fine. Sweep it under the rug. It sounds <laughs> the, like it to me, but, but Russell, read on. The Indian Army statement did not mention injuries and asked the media to refrain from exaggerating or overplaying their reporting. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Zhao Lijong said he didn't have any information to offer on the incident and urged India to exercise restraint. Okay. <laughs> okay. For those who... Nothing don't... <laughs> happened, but exercise restraint. Right. Okay. <laughs> For those who don't know what fake media talk, you know, sounds like, don't look this way. Nothing to see. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, we've got some dead people, and yes, some tanks fired. Yes, we have some tanks on fire. Nothing. Oh, Charlie, you, you and I both know they just went out and got drunk Sunday night. And, and had a minor fist fight. Had a fight. minor fist fight. Yeah. They're trying to make it sound like, you know, a couple of Indian guys got drunk, went over and punched a Chinese kid in the face, and everything's cool. This is bull. This is BS. <laughs> And, and the sad thing, it's a slap in the face of the soldiers that did die. Yes, exactly. You know, yep. we all can go through history and say, I don't want to use like the Vietnam conflict and stuff that we underreported during that time. You can't do that. It's yeah. a slap in the face yeah. to the families. These guys signed up to serve their country. And now they're getting swept swept underneath the rug. Yeah. And it's bull. It is. I'm sorry, Russ. Keep going. The current frictions began in May. Of 2020. Of 2020. Yeah. When China intruded into areas claimed by India at several points along the frontier, experts say. They believe that China may now control as much as 400 square miles of territory that India considers its own. Okay. When you use words like intruded, if the British intrude in the United States, we we didn't say that. We said it was an invasion. We whooped their butts. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no. Actually, we didn't. If, if you haven't studied, you know, the War 1812 and, and the Revolutionary yeah. War. The, it took us a while, but we got there. Well, we were using, we were using Vietnamese. Hit and run tech. We, you know what? Did they have any tanks back then? I'm going to tell you a story. Yes, they did. <laughs> In the Revolutionary War, yes, they did have hey. a, a, a tank. Cool. You're going to get people say, no, they didn't. They didn't have motors and stuff. I know they had tank boats. I, I don't want to discuss. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? We're probably just, didn't float very long. I, I'll tell you what. I'll do an episode on it and people go. What is he talking about? Uh, uh, we'll do an episode on revolutionary armored vehicles and, <laughs> and, and boats and stuff like that. Oh, but, anyway. Uh, but anyway, uh, we got off track yeah. again. Uh, 
We usually do. <laughs> There's 400 miles. Let's have a minor intrusion into the state of Maryland and, and take 400 square miles of Maryland. Huh. Uh, a minor intrusion into Maryland and you take 400 square miles of Maryland. Yeah. Or, or Washington, D.C. Th- that's probably the entire state. I know. Besides what the two governments are saying or, or now saying, that it's not a big deal, what's the underlying truth? Russ, give us some more information. India and China last fought a war in 1962. Since then, they've mostly handled their border disagreements through dialogue. The current impasse, however, is proving difficult to solve. Shyam Saran, a former senior Indian diplomat, said the fact that talks were still taking place was a reason to hope that an understanding will be reached through negotiations. Saurav Jha, a defense analyst in Delhi, was less sagoon. Tensions are high, Jha said, when you have large forces in close proximity and there is no resolution after rounds and rounds of talks, then the probability of something happening cannot be considered insignificant. Forget about what the governments are saying. Forget what the Chinese government's saying. Forget about what the Indian government's saying. You have a diplomat saying, well, there's hope. There, there's hope. Uh, okay, but then you have the defense ma- you know, analysts who, who's knows and, and has contacts inside there. Remember, there's a hundred thousand troops there now and they're sending tanks. We've already discussed that tanks on both sides, tanks yeah. on both sides. Yeah. In fact, uh, one of the things that Russ had brought up that India doesn't have any light tanks yeah. since the AMX 13, uh, left, yeah. they sent out a call international to get light tanks. And, and you might see a light tank renewal yeah. uh, of bringing that, yeah. bringing more light tanks in. And we're only talking armor. We're not talking jet fighters and everything else that's taking place uh, right. in this area. Uh, I mean. Remember, they're not telling you about oh, yeah. the air-to-air yeah. you know, conflicts and stuff like sure. that. Even the United States, if you watch this movie, and I know it's a movie, Top Gun, they talk about the conflicts between the Soviet Union and America having air-to-air battles yeah. where they would, you know, actually start shooting. And we actually lost people, but we kept it underneath the yeah. under, underneath yeah. because we didn't want this to escalate. Sure. Now you have the same thing, but you have the Chinese and the India. Yeah. India's lost 400 square miles of their territory. I'm telling you, they're not sending extra troops. They're not sending tanks just to be cautious. Exactly. And you have people saying, oh, well, we hope everything's going to yeah, work out. Yeah. Because they're having talks now in Moscow, right? Yeah. And, they have in the last several months. And, yeah. And, and basically, India is like, hey, can we have our land back? And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that the Chinese will go, you know what? Yeah. We screwed up. We, we're back. really bad. Yeah. We're sorry. You know what? And we're going to leave Tibet too. Yeah. No, dude. <laughs> it's not oh, going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you know? Um, the line in the sand. <laughs> and now what I'm trying to, remember, you heard it here first. Me and Russ have studied history. We're basically what you call what? Keyboard historians. We're saying in this year, this could be very ugly. We are giving you all a heads up 
that this could be very bad. The reason we keep coming back to this situation is both of them are nuclear powers. Yeah. And we're just talking about the silly tanks. We're not talking about the 100,000 armored, and like you said, the airplanes and everything else. Yeah. And if there's a big push and it does turn into a big fighting war, there's a nuclear option that could happen there. Because if you've lost your army up there and they're pushing through, well, there's a spot you can nuke pretty easy. And if you start using nukes, like I said, me and Russ at no point say that we want a war to happen. We're just giving you a heads up and, yep. and let's hope they work it out. And if you're interested on your own of keeping up with all this and the current news, easiest option is just do a search for on Google News. I mean, India, Chinese, yeah. and you'll border turmoil or whatever. I mean, you'll you, yeah. get the same stuff oh, that yeah, we you are. Will. The government's like, and like we said, most of this stuff out there, the current news is out of India because. The, out of China, out of China, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of the latest thing out of the China. I had to go to uh, CCTV. Yeah, they're saying, "Oh no, it's fake news." Yeah, yeah. never happened. Yeah, they're going to downplay uh, it. I, I, we've read our battle reports, and yeah. there is no report of even a skirmish. Sure, I'm like, nah. Uh, you know what? Yeah. If the Chinese are going that far, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'm not saying one side's wrong and the other side's right. You know, that's not our place here. I mean, it would be similar. I mean, if the Mexicans here in their country started building up their military on our southern border to the United States, it would be the same type of deal. I think the Mexicans uh, or Mexico has been picked on enough. Let's do the Canadians. Yeah. All right. What if the Canadians came down and took 400 square miles of New York? Yeah. 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 the, it would get your attention. It, it would be darn serious, right. yeah. a serious problem. Yep. So I guess we got to bring this to a close. We hope we have nothing further to report on this. I think, I hope everything gets out. We'll yeah. try to keep you updated um, of what's going on. I think uh, we need to do an episode on light tanks, uh, the Chinese light tanks that they have deployed up there now. Um. But we're going to try to get back to some of our um, older tanks. We still have that uh, very first German World War I tank to do. Yeah, we do. But now we're closing. Uh, Let's talk about Patreon. Yes, we want to um, thank all of our patrons that give to us through Patreon. Uh, Big shout-outs to Kim and Eric Shearer. They're still with us. And Riley Van Buten. Yeah. He's still with us. Thank you, Riley. Still got Jacob Zaki. Uh, Michael Kalp. Kalp, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, Razbaz. Razbaz is still with us. Uh, Evan. Yep. Um, who else? Antonio Bernarda. Love him. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, Slam Jamington. Alejandro Martinez still with us. ODS Theron. Good old Rick Smith. Rick Smith still there, man. Yeah, but beyond Ben. Yeah. Uh, he, he had to stop. Yep. Sorry to uh, see that. Yeah, Bjorn, we hope everything's going all yeah. right in your family. Uh, yeah. Reach out to us. Contact us. Yeah. Uh, we know you had to re- you reduce your or withdraw your support. Yeah, but that's, and, hey, that's things cool. happen. Yep. Yeah. And Tony needs to contact us yes. about his coin. Yes, Tony. Find out what's going on. Yeah, we'll get that down to you eventually. And everybody else that's got one coming to you, I promise I'll get that out in the next month. I've been so darn busy with work and everything going on with that. You caught COVID. Oh yeah. And then I caught it. Yeah. 
And so we both had COVID, which was horrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, but luckily, we were just one of the few percents that yeah. just had cold. Yeah, cold no. symptoms is kind of all I had. I mean. Yeah. And all I had was uh, I couldn't taste anything. Yeah. And you said your smell. Yeah. My went, sense of smell can went away and getting that back gradually. But yeah. Good. Hey, pull my finger and I'll test it right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate your support again. Uh, I, I think this has been a kind of a scary episode uh, where we'll go back to something, uh, you know, more historical uh, back in the days. We'll go back. Yeah. I think the German World War One tank, we'll just talk about that, get everybody, yep. Yep. you know, kind of chilled out. Unless... Something happens. Yeah. And if something happens, um, we're not a current news reporter, but we'll talk about the history that's happening right in front of us. Yep. All right. Well, this is Charlie. And this is Russell. As always, happy tanking and have a great week.